to open your Bibles, if you will, to uh, Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15, hopefully uh, something relatively uh, easy going here this morning, or uh, at least definitely familiar. Luke chapter 15, uh, we have the story of the prodigal son. Let's take a look down in uh, verse 11. We'll just uh, read a little bit of it. I won't read the, the whole thing, uh, but uh, <clears throat> verse 11, and he said, a certain man had two sons, uh, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me, and he divided unto him his living. And not many day, days uh, after, the younger son gathered uh, all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, uh, and he began to be in want. And when he had joined himself uh, uh, and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he, uh, set him, uh, and he sent him into his fields to feed the swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants, um, uh, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough uh, and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go unto my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion on him and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Uh, and the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight. And am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, uh, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we uh, again thank you for an opportunity to be back uh, in church on a Sunday morning. I do appreciate uh, these folks taking time out of their schedule, I know that everyone is busy. There are always uh, plenty of things going on in life. Uh, but Father, uh, these folks have decided to take a little bit of time out of their schedule and come and hear the Word of God preached and come and give you an opportunity to speak to their hearts, give them uh, encouragement, give them direction, give them uh, redirection, whatever the case is necessary, Father. I do pray that you administer to each and every individual that, um, Lord, the words of your book would pierce the hearts of your people and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Obviously, we're at a familiar passage of, of Scripture, uh, the story of the prodigal son. And I don't know how many times that I have read this story. I'm sure you have read the story uh, just as many times as I have. Uh, and every time I read it, uh, I'm touched by it once again. There's always that, you know, that... Uh, I suppose that, that realization of what this story is all about, or sometimes the Lord shows you something new, but every time you go through it, you can't help but be affected by it. Um, but as many times as I've read through this story, uh, I still missed one thing. And this thing is so simple, you're probably going to look at your pastor like the guy that left his uh, sunroof open and say, you idiot! <laughs> that was a joke, where's my... Okay. Um, how many of you have uh, ever said something like this? Well, I hope my child doesn't go prodigal. I'm not looking for a show of hands, just kind of an acknowledgement on the, in, on the inside. 
Or maybe, maybe um, you know, many of you have been in a discussion with a parent who's had a child that has gone prodigal, uh, a son or a daughter. And, and they say something to the fact that my, my son or my daughter has gone prodigal, right? Uh, we use that term to describe a, a wayward son or daughter, someone that we are concerned about, uh, someone that has gone astray spiritually. Well, I, I don't know why. I look up the definition of the word prodigal. You know what the definition of the word prodigal is? Here's what it is. Given to extravagant expenditures. Expending money or other things without necessity. Uh, profuse, lavish, wasteful. Not frugal or economical uh, as a prodigal man, the prodigal son. A man may be prodigal of his strength, of his health, of his life, as well as of his money. And I read that definition of prodigal, not frugal or economical, expending money without necessity. And I thought to myself, oh no, I'm prodigal. <laughs> Right? I'm sure there's a couple of things I bought here this last week that I probably didn't need. It wasn't necessity. <laughs> okay? Uh, and, and, that, that, and that's something I obviously I need to work on. I'm going to have to work on that part of my life some more. Uh, what we mean, however, when we say prodigal is I don't want to be like that young man. Right? Uh, yes, he wasted his money. And that is the predominant thing that, you know, that stands out in the, in the story is he took all that the father gave him and he went and he wasted it on riotous living. Um, but, but prodigal has kind of come to mean in our minds, don't wander away, don't leave the father, don't take your stuff and run away, don't, leave, uh, don't live a riotous life, don't wind up in the world's hog pen, right? Um, and as I, I thought about that, I thought, you know, there's, there's a better way to describe what I don't want to be, Right? I don't want to be like the prodigal son, not just in my expenditures, but in a lot of things that surrounded the, the prodigal son. And so I've titled this message, The Signs or the Sins of a Prodigal. The Signs or the Sins of a Prodigal. And that is, uh, that is this. If you catch yourself doing or being these things... Uh, you need to watch out. Why? Because you've got a good chance of going prodigal, right? These are the things, obviously, that led up to the, the prodigal son, um, you know, going his, going his way. Most, most Christians justify themselves uh, at this point by saying uh, something like this. Don't worry, I'm not going prodigal. I won't leave God. Well, as we've seen by the definition Prodigal is not necessarily leaving God, right? Prodigal is wasting the gifts and the blessings that God has given you, right? Um, and, and so there are some signs and some, you know, some things you can look out for that uh, if you catch yourself falling into this trap, you can say, hey, I don't want to wind up eventually going prodigal and wasting the things that the Lord has given me. Uh, the first of those uh, signs or sins, obviously, is, is very easy, is the sin of uh, selfishness, right? Uh, this, uh, this son was, was only concerned with his own direction. 
Uh, he was only concerned with his own welfare, his own dreams, his own plans. In verse 12, in fact, uh, he said this. He said uh, in, in verse 12, he said, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. <laughs> right? That is, uh, that is the way that uh, many people, you know, uh, in this life live their lives. Um, I want to do things my way, not my brother's way, not my father's way. I am, you know, that selfishness uh, rises up in you and, and you begin to, you know, to look at things from a very uh, a self perspective. Listen, when, um, when you're in a family, you will not get your way all the time. Isn't that true? Uh, we just went out to Arizona. We had five grandkids, and they're running around, and they're all younger, and they're all, they've got 50 gazillion dinosaurs around the house, and inevitably, everybody wants the one that the youngest one has. Why? Because they're selfish. And about the time the youngest one puts it down, and somebody else picks it up, the, one of the younger ones grabs it and wants it back again. Why? Nobody can play with my stuff except me. But this isn't yours, right? This is Michael's. But Malachi's crying anyway because he wants that toy. Uh, that, that selfishness thing creeps us, up in us when we are, when we are young, when we are children. And, and unless you beat it out of your kids, it's going to stay there for a long, long, long time. Right? And uh, that's on the internet, so. <laughs> you have to, listen, you do, you have to correct that with timeouts. And mat chats, that's, that's a karate term, it's a, you know, a counseling sessions. You have to, you have to take care of that, uh, that inward desire to, of, uh, of selfishness. Why? Because if you don't get a hold of that thing when they're young, it'll grow up and it'll turn into something much, much, much greater as they get older. And that's what happened to the prodigal son. Um, you've, uh, maybe you've heard the story of, of the two friends that were sitting in the restaurant and they had met for dinner. Um, and each requested, you know, uh, a fillet of, of fish. You know, they had some uh, some halibut that was on sale at the restaurant that day, and it was they were the restaurant was noted for their great fish. So they they each uh, each ordered the same dish, and the waiter came back uh, with their order, and uh, there was two pieces of fish uh, on the plate for them to, to serve. And one of the men uh, proceeded to take the initiative and serve his friend. So he took the small piece of fish and gave it to his friend and took the large piece of fish and gave it to himself. Right? Um, and the friend looked at him and said, well, you certainly do have a lot of nerve. And the, you know, the friend that did the serving looked at his, his friend and said, well, what's troubling you? Um, well, look at what you've done, he answered. You've given me the little piece and kept the big one for yourself. How would you have done it? The guy that did the serving asked. The other friend replied, if I were serving, I would have given you the big piece. To which the reply came back, well, I've done that, haven't I? <laughs> that's, that's the way we are. That's the way we think, right? That, uh, that, 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 selfishness, uh, that selfishness thing rears its head every time you turn around. Uh, a mother was preparing pancakes for her sons, and uh, one of them was five and one was three, and you know, the, the boys began to argue over who was going to get the first pancake. 
And the mother saw the opportunity for a good moral lesson in teaching her children. And she said to the older, you know, she said, uh, if Jesus were sitting here, he would say, let my brother have the first pancake. I can wait. At which point the older brother looked at the younger one and said, you be Jesus. (laughs) Right? I mean, selfishness, that's just a, it's a human characteristic that, that we, you know, we're born with. We have it from the day that we're born. And if the, the truth is really known, it doesn't completely leave us until the day we die. Uh, there's always that thing, you know, uh, there's always that thing in the back of our mind that, that it comes in and it haunts us. Um, and every one of us can fall into that trap at any time in our Christian life. We want our own way. We look out for our own concerns. We don't consider others like we should. We see things through our own eyes and not the eyes of others. Hey, listen, selfishness was the first step that you read about on the way to that young uh, son becoming prodigal, right? Uh, And selfishness is very very, uh, deceptive. Unless we look for it and keep our eyes out for it, uh, keep our eyes open for it, uh, it'll, it'll sneak up and it'll bite you every time you turn around. Listen, I challenge you to do this. Um, just ask yourself this question as you go about your, you know, your daily week, your daily business, and be honest. When you get to the point where you're getting ready to do something, ask yourself this. Am I doing this for them or for me? Why do you do what you do? You say, hey, I went over and I helped so-and-so. Ah, great. Why are you doing it? For them or for you? I'm not saying you have the wrong motive. I'm saying you constantly as Christians, we need to check up on our motives. Because quite often we'll do something for somebody else because in the back of our mind, we're thinking this will come around and I'll get uh, rewarded, you know, tenfold or a hundredfold we're just wicked right we're just sinners we we we're selfish by nature it started when we were a kid it's something you've got to watch out for uh listen do i have their wants and needs in mind or am i looking out in some twisted sort of way for myself selfishness Selfishness. It really is that simple if you can manage to be honest with yourself. The problem is we usually hide our, you know, our motives with a good justification. Um, and, you know, I know, I know that, you know, you ask yourself, well, what, am I doing this for them or am I doing this for me? Some people will get super spiritual and go, well, I'm doing this for God. Okay, then it's between you and God. Doesn't concern anybody else, does it? I seem to recall back in uh, Matthew 6, 3, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand is doing, if you're doing it for God, right? Okay, so if it's for God, let it be for God. Praise the Lord. But man, this selfishness thing creeps up. And it's one of the things that you have to watch for because he's not prodigal just yet. But he's on his way. Right? He's on his way. Um, I'll tell you another thing. I'm going to try to hurry because I know it's a a short day. But 
Another thing that this younger son uh, uh, fell short in, another thing that he assigned that he was getting ready to go prodigal, another way that he sinned was simply this. This, this young son was short-sighted. Uh, that is, he was impatient. It says in Luke 15, 3, it says, and not many days after, the younger son gathered all together. All right? This, uh, this young boy, listen, we could do a whole lesson on just patience, right? And every one of us struggles with that, and every one of us, uh, you know, falls short in that area. And, you know, we were out in, in uh, Arizona, and you can see, you know, five kids running around, arguing over dinosaurs. It's really easy to get impatient. It's really easy to get patient, impatient with your husband or your wife, your children, your brothers or sisters in Christ. Right? This, this young man, he was short-sighted and, and he said, hey, listen, not many days, not many days. Brethren, he was in a hurry to go. Right? He couldn't wait. Um, Romans 15.4 talks about that through patience and covenants of the scriptures, we might have hope. You know what the Lord's going to require of you if you're going to live this Christian life and live it well? You're going to have to gain patience with yourself and with others. Be they your kids, your spouse, your friends, lost people. You're just going to need patience. It says in, in um, uh, 1 Timothy, it says, But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. One of the things that caused this prodigal son to go prodigal is, is he was in a hurry, right? Uh, the prodigal son, he, he only saw things from his own point of view. He only cared about his own concerns. Listen, uh, he, in his mind, in his mind, he's sitting there. I don't know how old he was. I imagine he's probably a young man, maybe, you know, maybe 18, maybe 20, you know, 24, whatever. He's a, in that, in my mind, I, I picture him about that age and he's raring to go and he, he can't wait to start his own life. Um, you know, and he's probably sitting around and thinking to himself, I can't sit here and wait for my dad to die or my brother to decide to do run things the way I want to run things. You know what? I, I can't wait that long. Um, I want to pursue my dreams now. I want it now. Uh, you know, the, uh, the JG Wentworth commercials, <laughs> 877, I want cash now. <laughs> That was, the mindset of the, that was the mindset of the prodigal son, right? This is my favorite one right here. It's my money, and I need it now. <laughs> hey, listen, that's, uh, hey, that's, that's the prodigal son. Hey, listen, uh, maybe, uh, maybe this younger brother is sitting in this whole mix thinking, uh, I'm going to be overlooked. I wonder what was going on in his head. Maybe this younger brother feels like he's kind of in the shadows. He's not being heard. Maybe he's worried about having his own chance to succeed. Maybe, um, maybe he thought that he didn't matter as much as the older brother. So I might as well take my stuff and get out of here because this is not a good setting for me. You know, that can happen in a family. With your children. A younger or, or an older sibling 
can get to the place where they feel like they're not heard, they're not seen. Why? Because all the attention is given to the other one. Maybe the father had uh, you know, some more extra attention going to the older one because you know, fathers is, is planning for succession and maybe he's thinking the older one's going to take over the farm when he leaves and he's getting everything ready and maybe the younger one just kind of felt a little left out and didn't have his own way to go and, and he thought to himself, you know what, I can't put up with this. Uh, it's going to take me forever to get anywhere. I just want my stuff now so I, want, I can go. Hey, sometimes that... That attitude, that sentiment happens in a church. Sometimes, sometimes there's a, you know, there's a, uh, uh, a person in church that can feel like they've gotten lost in the crowd. And all the attention seems to be going to somebody else. I'll be honest with you, that's kind of what happened with Trent and Priscilla, to a large degree. Kind of felt like he was lost, like other people were getting attention, and and he's thinking to you know he's thinking the same thing, same kind of mindset as a prodigal son, thinking, oh, man, I can, you know what, I can make a jump and I can do my own thing. I'm ready to do it now. It happens. Hey, sometimes uh, this prodigal son was short-sighted. He didn't see things in the long run. Right? All he saw is what's going on right now. What's going on right now is dad's got all the money and my brother's next in line. If I have to wait my turn, man, it's going to be forever. And he couldn't wait and let things naturally progress. Um. Maybe that son thought that he didn't matter as much as the older brother. You've got children. You ever run across a, a child that has thought that way? Hey, listen, if you've got more than one, I guarantee you one of them has thought this. Well, mom and dad loves the other one more than me. You've got to be careful of that thing. Like I said, you've got to be careful of it in the church. You've got to be careful of it in the family. You've got to be careful of it with your friends. Why? Because, I mean, the, the devil's really good about getting between our ears, and that selfishness thing kicks in. We begin to look at, our, at ourselves, and, and, and what he does is he puts blinders on us. We become short-sighted. We don't see, we don't see the long term because we're so consumed with what's going on right now. And we don't see what the Lord's doing. It can, it can happen, Right? But I promise you this, both of those boys mattered to the father, right? There's no doubt about that. Though that father wanted both of his sons, the youngest and the oldest, to be successful, to be happy, to enjoy life. He wanted them both to grow up. He wasn't trying to stunt their growth. He wanted both of them to grow and, and live and prosper. And that was the father's mindset. But the youngest son couldn't see that. In fact, the father loved the youngest son and wanted him to be successful and wanted him to be happy so much that when that youngest son came up to him and said, Father, uh, give me the portion of, of my goods. The, the part that's, that's for me, I want it now. Listen, don't you know the father knew that was a bad idea? The father's, 
he's got wisdom. He's got age. He's seen this kind of thing happen before. The father looked at that son, the younger son, and, and he saw that, you know, um, that this son is coming to him asking for his portion. But the father wanted this son to be happy. And he, the father had to have known this was not a good idea. But he loved the son. And so he wanted the son to be happy. And so he gave the son what he wanted. Right? Listen, the reality is that younger son was not neglected. He mattered. And God had plans for him. Right? I mean, we ought to keep in mind, uh, you know, in, in the back of our head, that's that song, you know, he loves me like I was his only child. Talking about our Heavenly Father that's got billions of people on this earth that he tends to day in after day, day after day, moment after moment. And yet, when we go to him, you know what? He loves me like I'm his only child. Sometimes we're short-sighted. We don't see it that way. The prodigal son didn't see it that way. All right? Um, he felt like he was being neglected. Uh, he, was, he was so concerned about himself, his own ideas, his own direction. Um, you know, he wanted, he wanted his portion now. That he couldn't see the value in the father's vision, or maybe even his older brother's vision. Right? Short-sighted. Short-sighted. Elijah had that problem. You remember in 1 Kings, uh, and Elijah said, And I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, slain thy prophets with the sword, and I, even I only, am left. And they seek my life to take it away. That's Elijah. Right? I mean, he just had a great spiritual victory, true, but now he's, you know, the Lord's had to give him some correction, and now he's off by himself. He's up, uh, you know, in, in the mountain, and, and this is what he's thinking, and he repeats that to the Lord. He either forgot or didn't know about 7,000 other people in Israel. Right? Yet I have uh, left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed to Baal, every mouth which has, has not kissed him. Ladies and gentlemen, Israel is not that big a place. And there are 7,000 other people. And Elijah's up on the mountain going, oh, it's only me. Right? He kind of lost sight a little bit there. He was short-sighted. God was, doing, God was doing amazing work. He still had 7,000 people that were, were faithful. Did Elijah just never run into those 7,000? Or was he just not thinking about them? Either way, either way, there were 7,000 other ones that Elijah missed. Right? He was too short-sighted. He was worried about his own troubles. And he missed, he missed the big picture, what God was doing. All right, I'll tell you another, another sin that uh, the, the, the younger son, the prodigal son made. And that is this. The younger son abandoned his uh, surroundings, right? He gave up what he had. He took that money. The father gave it to him. 
And I still kind of wonder, eh, maybe the dad should have said, ah, hold on, son, not yet. But that may have caused a whole other set of problems. But uh, nonetheless, the father gave it to him, he took it, and he journeyed into a far country. So long. Hey, man, if I can't, if I can't uh, you know, have my success right here, I, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm not going to wait for dad to die. I'm not going to wait for my brother to, you know, uh, to uh, you know, come to my way of viewing things. I've got my, I've got my, I've got my portion, and I'm out of here. He, he abandoned his uh, surroundings, right? Listen, there was obviously plenty of resources at that house to support both. I mean, even after the father divided the inheritance, I'm just going to assume in half. Maybe it wasn't exactly half, but for the sake of argument, I'm going to assume the father divided it in half. And even with the half that was left, the father, I'm assuming the mother, the son, all the servants, and everybody was still able to sustain and grow, and the farm stayed going. And by the time this, uh, the prodigal son you know, went through all his uh, rigmarole in the far country and came back, guess what? The eldest son was still there. The farm was still going. They still had servants. They still had cattle. Everything was going fine. So, so, uh, so taking half of, that, of, of the family's uh, goods and splitting it, having only half, they were still able to sustain. But l- let me ask you this. Uh, well, before I get to that, even though he came from a house that had those kind of resources, he was not happy. He was discontent. I, I, I can't make it here. This is too much, too much. I can't do it. I, I need my stuff and I'm going to go. He had all of that. Plenty of money. You know he had a father that loved him. If the mother was around, I'm sure he had a mother that loved him. And you know at the beginning, he probably had a brother that loved him. There's no indication the brother and him were at odds before the younger son made you know, some bad choices. So what was his problem? Well, uh, he was discontent. Even though there was plenty there, there was enough there to sustain all of them, he was discontent, and that caused him to want his own, and I got to go. What's the sign or the sin of, of, the, of the fact that you or I could go prodigal? Well, I'll tell you what it is. It's getting to the point where you're pretty discontent. There's plenty there, but it wasn't enough. Right? Uh, he wasn't satisfied with the blessings that God had given them. He wanted more. And he was willing to give up all of those blessings in pursuit of his dream and what he wanted. He left, he abandoned the people that loved him the most. He didn't see the value in his family. I don't need to stick around with them. I'm out of here. I'm I'm taking my stuff and I'm gone. He didn't see the love from the family. This is just some mistakes the prodigal son made along the way. It's what made him, it's what caused him to get to the place where he went prodigal. Right? These are the sins he committed. He was discontent. 
He left the people that needed him and wanted him and loved him the most. Hey, listen, his brother was left to fill the void after he left. I mean, in that family, there's, there's two sons. You got a father and two sons, and they're taking care of the cattle, they're taking care of the business, they're taking care of the farm, taking care of the house. And there's a lot of responsibilities that go along with that, as you all know. You guys live in a family, you get, there's chores, there's things to be done. You know, we were out in Oklahoma City, you got to get up, you got to feed the cattle, you got to herd them into the right pen, you got to, you know, help calf the cattle, tag the cattle, you got to do all the things. There's a lot of responsibilities that go along with that. And, and there was two boys there to do that, and there was a father to oversee that, and they had plenty of stuff to get it all done, but the one son was discontent, and so he decides he's going to pack up and leave, and guess what? The one that's left has to pick up the slack. It's no wonder he was bitter by the time the younger brother came back. Right? I'm sure that had something to do with it. He, he, he abandoned the family. Right? His brother was left with half the resources. He was left with a, a father that was sad. A mother that I'm sure was broken hearted. And because of that, this brother became, the older brother became bitter. Right? Because, hey, we're supposed to carry on this work together. Listen, there's more than one way to abandon your surroundings. You know, you can leave like the prodigal son did. You see people do that all the time. Dads pack up and leave. Right? Wives leave. Children get mad and leave. <laughs> but sometimes they just check out. And they're there physically, but they're not really there. That can be just as dangerous. Sometimes they stop participating. Sometimes they stop caring. Sometimes they never get started in the first place. Right? Any way that you wind up doing it, you know what the end result is? That person's still MIA. Missing in action. So one of the sins that the prodigal son fell prey to is he, he, he abandoned um, the family. He abandoned his surroundings. He took off. I'll tell you another thing. I'm, again, I'm trying to hurry. That was a picture that goes along with abandoning it. That prodigal son sacrificed his strength, his goods. It says in Luke 15, 14, uh, and when he had spent all. That son, you know, after he abandoned the, the family, he took off on his own journey. And, um, and he wasted his goods, all those things that the father had given him. There you go. And the father gave him quite a bit, sustained him for a long time. For you and I, it would be our gifts, our talents, our devotion, our courage, our resources, right? And folks, one of the things a prodigal son sinned in is he used what the Lord gave him in the wrong place. Right? Hey, listen, because he left, his goods and his strength were of no use to the family anymore. 
right? They could have had a great impact. They could have produced much gain. Hey, listen, imagine what could have been accomplished with twice as much strength, twice as much goods. I imagine there came a time when the older brother, uh, you know, and the father got together and thought about this and said, hey, you know what, we should go over, we should buy this piece of land. And then we could, we could have uh, extra cattle and we could expand the farm. And they got down and they started going over the books and looking and going, mm, I don't think there's enough left to do that. Why? Well, um, because the other younger brother was already sacrificing his goods. Right? Maybe that's part of why the older brother wound up bitter later on. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but nonetheless, his, his sin was that he cast his pearl before swine. <laughs> right? Matthew 7. Neither cast ye your pearls before swine. Listen. There is a natural time when, in a family, when, you know, kids grow up and they, and it's time for them to leave. That happens in every family. Kids grow up, they get married, they, they change jobs, they do, all that is perfectly normal as parents. We expect that. But that's not what this kid did. This kid goes up and he's impatient and he's uh, worried about himself. Give me what's mine. Dad, I want half your stuff. I'm taking it, and I'm out of here. It's a lot different. And then all his strength, all of his, um, all, he, he sacrificed all of his strength and all of his goods. For what? <laughs> Prodigal. He wasted them. He wasn't frugal with them. So that was, that was the, the step at which he became the prodigal son. All right? Up until this point, he could say he's the sinful son. Now he's prodigal. Now he's wasted it. He took all that stuff the father had given him, and it's now gone. And now he becomes sorrowful. There's a famine. And what does he do? He goes and joins himself to a citizen of another country. Right? Prodigal son. He decides to, uh, he decides to, to compromise and join another country. Where does he find himself? I mean, he finds himself in the pig pen. <laughs> He's got nothing. Everything's broken down. He's, he's, you know, he's void. He's broke. Uh, there's nobody around him. The family's not there. He's all by himself. And now here he is. And how does he decide to handle it? Well, folks, he could have went back to the father at this point. But he didn't. He's in... You know, he's, he's consumed with sorrow. He's de probably depressed. He's got a lot of things going on mentally. And he's not thinking clearly. And he chooses not to go back. He chooses to go join himself 
to a citizen of another country. What a foolish thing to do. (laughs) Right? What a foolish thing to do. Listen. He was not willing to seek help just yet. You understand he's there and he's not quite at the end of his rope. You've seen Christians struggle like that. Down in the dumps, and it seems like they're down at the end of the at the bottom of the barrel, and and you know you prayed for them, and you've you've spent years and years with them trying to help them get get themselves up out of the you know out of the the muck and the mire, and and they just can't seem to get up out of the muck and the mire, and they're not at the bottom just yet. There's a little bit more down there. They got to get down to the complete bottom before they turn things around. Hey, at this point. When the famine came and he's already broke, he could have turned around and went back to the father right away, but he doesn't. He joins himself to a citizen of that country. Not broken yet. Right? And that country that he was willing to leave his family for really didn't care for him all that much. You know what they gave him to do? Ah, go feed the swine. And he still doesn't go back to the father just yet. He goes out and he starts feeding the swine. He's again, he's sorrowful, he's depressed, he's depressed. Listen, he was not one of them in the foreign country. He was the outsider right I mean he joined himself to a citizen of another country he was the outsider and still he hasn't gotten to the place where he goes back to the father sometimes you know you you go down that track you get to that point and sometimes that sorrow and that depression and that that uh, that anguish that that you go through because of whatever's going on uh, hey, it can lead you to a point, a place where you're not ready to go back to the Father just yet. And that's one of the sins the prodigal son made. He left hoping to find something much better than what he had at the Father's house. Right? I'm going to go find the good life. I'm going to get rid of all these responsibilities I have around here. I'm, I'm, I'm taking off. I'm not going to wait around for my dad to die and my brother to finally, you know, have my same vision of where we ought to take the farm. I'm going to take my stuff and I'm going to find something better. And then he goes prodigal. Waste it all. And then even after all that, doesn't go back to the father just yet. He left hoping that he was going to find that grass was greener on the other side of the fence. Hey, listen, I'm sure the father's house was not perfect. All right? I bet they had disagreements over dinner, him and the brother. I bet he even had some disagreements with, you know, with his dad about uh, just life and you name it, all the things that come up. Right? 
Maybe he had a girlfriend the dad didn't like. Maybe he had a, you know, a business venture he wanted to take off and the dad didn't like it. I bet there were fights and arguments that went back and forth over the table. And he thought to himself, I'm, I'm out of here, man. I'm leaving this. Grass is greener on the other side of the fence. Like I said, the two brothers didn't always see eye to eye. I'm sure there are times when he didn't get his way as the younger brother, the older brother got his way. So he, here he is, depressed, sorrowful. But you know, the reality is when you get to the other side of the fence, folks, a lot of times it's usually worse. You know why? Because on the other side of the fence, guess what he still had? He still had the selfishness. He still had the discontentedness. He still had all those things that he had on the the original side of the fence. Now he's on the other side of the fence. He's still got all those same characters and same traits and same failures that he had on the other side of the fence with the father, but now he's got no family. So, so he goes to the other side of the fence and he's got all that, that uh, baggage that was carried along and now, additionally, he has the fact that he failed to deal with. It's rough, man, on the other side of the fence. Sometimes people looking for greener grass on the other side, right? There's bound to be a better wife, a better husband, a better job, a better whatever. Yeah, be careful. I'm not saying don't look to, to progress and grow and, and, you know, follow dreams and that sort of thing. That's perfectly fine. That's not what I'm talking about at all. But when it gets to the point where it's all because of consuming on self, mm, now maybe there's some additional things you've got to think about. Because I've seen some people leave a perfectly good wife because grass was greener on the other side. And guess what? It wasn't. <laughs> I've seen women leave, leave a, a perfectly good husband because grass was greener on the other side, and guess what? It wasn't. Right? Like I said, the father's house wasn't perfect, but it was a good house. But all those things he, he carried with him to the other side of the fence. And finally, finally, I'll wrap things up. It's time. Finally, we know this. We know finally that the prodigal son came to his senses. And that's the first step along the way that hasn't been a sin. <laughs> right? He came, he came to himself. But listen, folks, that's difficult to do. Most people that follow the path of the prodigal never turn around and come back. They're still at the bottom of the barrel scratching for one little more chance and they get stuck in the barrel and they can't turn around and come back. They would rather stay in their foreign country than to come back and admit they were wrong. Listen, if you ever find yourself in those first five 
sins that the prodigal son made, you know what you got to do? You got to check real close and say, hey, am I getting ready to go prodigal? Because those are the things that took him there. All right? Sometimes you and I can get twisted around in our minds and we, we get trapped in one of those sins and, and you know, sometimes that stuff causes us to, to, to act abnormal. All right? It makes us act irrationally. We go, we go kind of crazy. And you know what the answer is? The answer is arise and go back. You know what the answer is? The answer is to realize our folly and to repent and to come clean. Look at verse 18. I will arise and go to my father and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned. I notice he's not complaining about anything the, younger bro- the older brother did or may have done back then in the day. He's not complaining about anything the father may have done in the day. He's not complaining about how he was treated unfairly back when he was younger. He's not complaining about anything that went on back eons and eons ago. Why? Because at this point, none of that stuff matters anymore. I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and went back. Listen, he had to realize his folly. The reality is, folks, if there's no repentance, there's no restoration. Right? I am certain that if he hadn't repented, but he just went back home, the father would have still loved him. I don't know that things would have been restored the way that they were. I mean, put yourself in that scenario. You see, the, you see your prodigal son coming back, and he's still got this chip on his shoulder. He's still got this attitude. He's still got this, everything that he left with. Dad's going to go, hmm, we're not quite there yet. And maybe the father would have wisdom. If it was me, and I'm not saying that I'm right, but if it was me, and the son came back and had that kind of attitude, you know what I would have done? I would have let him served as a servant for a little while. I have sinned before God and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy sons. Make me as one of thy hired servants. Hey, son, I love you. I'm glad you're back. Okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you, boom. Why? Because you're wanting to see if a guy ever gets the repentance so there can be restoration. But that's not what the father saw. The father saw a son who was repentant. Father, I have sinned. Against God and against thee, I am no more worthy to be called thy son. When that father saw that, you know what he realized? That boy learned his lesson. He doesn't need to be kicked anymore. Hey, get him a robe. Get him a ring. Get a calf. Because my son who was lost is found. That's the first thing that he did that was right. 
right? He repented and he was restored. And that father saw that boy come to him with the right heart, the right attitude, and he was he was there with open arms to make things as they were. Amen. The signs or the sins of a prodigal. Things you got to watch out for. Things I have to watch out for. Selfishness. That'll take you down that road. Short-sightedness. Right? Uh, sur- abandoning your surroundings. Leaving, leaving the father. Leaving the home. Leaving your wife. Leaving your husband. Leaving your parents before due time. Um, sacrificing your strength. The Lord's given us a lot of things, given you a lot of things, great gifts, strengths, talents, courage. Okay, use it in the right spot. Don't sacrifice it in a foreign country. Right? Um, Because if you do, if you fall into those sins that the prodigal son fell into, you'll wind up going prodigal as well, and you'll wind up sorrowful. And when you get to that point where you're sorrowful, folks, it is tough to turn that thing around and say, I have sinned against the Lord, against my father, against my family. I have sinned. It's hard to turn that thing around and realize uh, this was my fault. Very, very few people are able to do that. But if you ever catch yourself going down any of those trails there, that's what needs to be done. Because this boy repented, was genuine about it, and that fellowship was restored. And he was treated like the son that he was. Amen? Signs of a prodigal. Those are the things that you got to be careful for. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father, we thank you once again for an opportunity to be here on a Sunday afternoon. Um, Lord, you're a great God and uh, a holy God. Now, Father, you put this story uh, in the Bible, and I couldn't even begin to imagine how many different sermons and uh, have been preached out of it, how many people have been helped and encouraged by it, how many people have uh, seen themselves in it. Because the truth is, every single one of us has got some of these characteristics that lingers just beneath the surface. Sometimes they rear their ugly heads. And Father, I pray that you'd help us to keep those things under control. But Father, if they do get out, I pray that we would catch it before we go as far as the prodigal son. And I pray, Father, that you'd give us the courage to do what the prodigal son ultimately did. And that is to repent so that there can be full restoration and fellowship with the Father. We just ask all these things now in Jesus' name. Amen.